welcome back to another episode. Today we have Samit Max Patel. He is a product launch and crowdfunding expert. He's helped raise over 43 million and counting. Um, he is also a social media influencer and worldwide speaker. So welcome to the show. Hey Tyler, great to be here. Thank you for having me on and excited really to get talking. Yes, man, me too. Um, so really the first question is how did you find yourself in this business, uh, like helping people with this? Like what's the origin story? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, my story is quite long winded, so I'm going to, I'm going to break it down and shorten it as much as possible for (laughs) everyone in the audience. So they don't just fall asleep. Um, but it was, it was a typical, it wasn't a very typical story because at 18, I, I started my own first business, which was nightclub promotion. That was really to pay for university. Um, and then when I graduated, when I was 22, um, we were in the biggest um, financial crisis ever. So, you know, there was no jobs going. There's nothing really else to do other than run a business, which I thought. Um, and I thought to myself, you know what? Um, I, I had a very big ego, as you do where sometimes when you're young. And if you're <laughs> making $1,000 a week um, dr- while you're 18, you'd you'd especially be thinking, okay, the rest of the world is going to be easy to you. So I stepped into the real world thinking, okay, you know what? I was making a thousand bucks. I can, I can literally do this for anywhere and anything. And I naively entered a bunch of different businesses from the travel industry to um, marketing, to even hair and beauty. I was doing hair extensions. I had no clue about women's hair. Right. Um, So I, I went through a lot of wacky different businesses Fast forward to 28, um, I was 28 years old, um, really had zero to my account. Um, I had a, a, tra- a, a f- event that happened, which literally turned my whole life upside down. It, my brother got into a life-threatening accident while he went abroad. Um, he, he was the golden child of the family. So literally for me, it was a case of I needed to step up because if anything did actually happen to him, you know, who's going to be the breadwinner? So at that point, I decided to give up on becoming an entrepreneur. I gave up on uh, running businesses. Um, and I literally wanted to get involved in startups. I was following startups for a very long time. And I actually ended up seeing this one startup um, called Blocks, which was a modular smartwatch they could put together like Lego. Um, and I was responsible for that launch campaign to the market. And I analyzed, I analyzed why I failed so many times. Was it because I was just a terrible person at business? Was it because I I just didn't have what it takes or, you know, maybe something wrong with my genes? I analyzed all these things and I I literally self-reflected. And really, you should self-reflect when you fail at a business, not just (laughs) combine it all in once. But I took a couple of weeks out and I looked at why I failed these businesses. And it really came down to three things. Number one um, was the lack of research, lack of understanding what industry you're entering, the the competitors in this industry, how long they've been there, um, what they're doing, uh, how advanced they are, what type of marketing channels they're going into. And that was very relevant for the travel business that I set up at the very beginning. Travel is a very, very competitive uh, industry. They're very technologically advanced they're using the latest marketing, you know, SEO, PPC, the every single keyword, long tail, short tail, that they're, they're going for it, right? So 
travel industry is so competitive. It's only um, the only one industry that's more competitive than travel is the porn industry. So number one, make sure you're researching what uh, your competitors are, re understanding the industry. Number two was um, building up a pre-community before you actually launch any business. So think about this, right? If you're ever thinking about launching a product, say, for example, you're coming out with a brand new pen or a mug, even before you decide to leave your job or even before you decide to start this venture up, set up a landing page, start thinking about how you're going to drive traffic to that. If you start doing the SEO, if you start doing the PPC, if you start doing all of these things, even before you leave your full-time job or you make it into a full-time hustle, um, because a lot of people have multiple businesses, right? But what they tend to do is they're like, all right, I'm going to start this business now. And they'll go through that whole process and three months have passed before they even generate a sale. Um, and the reason why that's really important is because of the pipeline. You need to build up a pipeline and that's really important. And the last thing um, is your offer, right? You need a really good compelling offer, something that's going to differentiate you from everyone else out there. Um, and, and all of these three things are literally what led me to raise 1.6 million for that smartwatch campaign. Um, and then from there on, I ended up working on multiple different projects and have ended up raising 43 million. Yeah, I, I love everything you just said there. One of the things that changed my life when I was, when I started my first business, I was 20 and it was just the concept of MVP, right? Minimal viable or minimum viable product. And um, like, essentially, I think people fall on the trap of like, trying to do all of the things before actually getting their first customer, right? So they'll like spend all this time building something without even realizing if anybody even wants it. So, you know, and it's just, I see still to this day, people that I know go and I try to tell them, I'm like, why don't you call these potential, this is the way I, I'm like, call these potential people that you think would be good customers and just ask them like, hey, would you buy something like this if I built it? And then you'll know. And if it's a yes, then build it. But don't waste a year of your life. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but um, we're just not taught this in school. Like, and I fell into the trap. Luckily, you know, I was pretty young when I figured it out. But um, either way, I think that's just a huge piece of advice there. Um, exactly. That, that That's literally what, you know, I've, I've made it my purpose to literally be educating as many people around this one concept as possible, because it will save so much work, it will save so much money and hassle that you'd go through. And trust me, man, you know, I'm sure you, you've had a similar experience as most entrepreneurs have. From 22 to 28, it was a very unhappy place. You know, it was very stressful having no money and having your friends go out and enjoy their life and be able to meet up every week. And then you've got to make up some lame excuse why you can't be there. Um, so, yeah, you know, and, and, and the turning point for me was, you know, seeing all these other entrepreneurs, Gary Vee, um, all these other big entrepreneurs who were like, you know, just just go for it, you know, go, go do it. It's like, but that's like, you've got to strike a balance um, that, you know, one of the biggest things I think, like looking at things in hindsight, if I went into a job and started earning money and then started working on my business as a side hustle, and then once it turned into a, a real business, that, that would have been perfect, right? Because instead I was doing from 22 to 28, I probably lost out on a huge amount of money um, just, and I was so out of touch with the jobs market. I, it was very difficult for me to even get a job. Um, that, that was the biggest challenge as well. 
Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I realized at like 15, I was unemployable. <laughs> Every Even like, you know, the easiest of jobs. I just couldn't last, man. I don't, I don't know what it, and I actually think going back to what you kind of said in the beginning, it was ego. Like I've always had this thing and now I'm just so far along with my entrepreneurial journey. I don't really think about it anymore. But when I was younger, I think it was ego where like anybody telling me what to do mm. or like um, basically creating my calendar for me, I just had, I had beef with that person and that person happened to be my boss. <laughs> so. Yeah. But you know that that but that's the thing, right? Like for some people, it's the right play to make. And for me, the best play to make was after I, you know, you appoint you get to a point in your life where you're just out of options. You you've you lack the energy. So the best reset is actually to go into a corporate job or do something that's out of the realm. Because as soon as you get into a corporate job, you've got money coming in. Straight away you're happier because you can pay for food, you can do the nice things. Um, and that's what a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes forget. You know, there's probably a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this right now who have been going at their businesses for three years, four years, and aren't getting to the right level of where they want to get to. You know, and sometimes just resetting yourself, taking a step back and going, you know what, um, maybe what, what can I do right now? You know, maybe I can go be a consultant or whatever. And at least that way, the, out that frame of mind. And actually what happened during this time I was working at this company I, my, my whole innovation in my mind started buzzing up again. You know, it was like almost sparks going off because I was introduced to a whole new industry and I was learning about different things. Every single day I was coming up with so many new business ideas. So once you've started that journey of becoming an entrepreneur, you don't lose that. You know, you're, you're going to continue to generate these ideas. And literally every single day I had this book, I was just writing all these ideas down because every single time I saw something, I'd be like, oh, this is cool. This is something that that is going to probably take off or this is something that I can maybe create. And, and that's what got me back on it. Um, and the, the, after all, after the, the success of that project, um, you know, I had a bunch of clients that came to me and said, look, we want to work with you. And instead of turning them all away, I had about 20 people that came to me in once. And I said to them, look, if you want to work with me, pay me $3,000 each and I'll work with you. And that's what ended up creating my agency as well. I love that. Dude, there's so many lessons in there. Like, I think actually, so like Gary Vee is a great example. He's him and Tim Ferriss are like the two guys that I followed mm -hmm. the most that have had the most impact on me. And um you know, with, uh, I think they call it, there's like a term for it now. It's like intrapreneur or something. So like when you work for Gary V and anybody listening, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that like when you work for him, he's actually okay. If you are also like kind of using the people in the company and ideas and stuff to create your own little side hustles. Mm -hmm. Right. And I also, and I think the other key there is like, don't jump ship because I think it's a different mindset when you are literally broke. It's hard to sell things because you are, whether you realize it or not, you're coming from a place of desperation. Exactly. So, you know, if you know, even if you hate the corporate job, but you know, you got 5k a month coming in, at least you can have that, that call, that sales call and know like, Hey, if this, if this deal doesn't go through, I'm still going to eat tonight. <laughs> you know, and That's a different energy on the call. So I don't know. I think that's important to, to realize. Yeah. 
that, that that's really powerful you know a lot of a lot of people message me and like oh I, i'm really broke right now um what business should i get into and the, the worst thing is to get into a business when you've got a broke mindset you know <laughs> like when 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 i was 22 i was trying to do all these different businesses and it was all bootstrapped and you realize that rather than wasting three years bootstrapping every single so bootstrapping for those of you that don't know is you know, every pound or dollar you make, you put back into the business rather than feeding yourself. And then you're going slowly, slowly. But if you condense that, so three, so that travel business took me three years of bootstrapping, right? But I could have condensed that into three months. So the money I spent over three years was probably about what, 30,000, 40,000. If I just did that within three months, I would have realized straight away whether this product or business was going to be successful or not. And also, um, you know, the opportunity cost of saving myself two and a half years before realizing that the business wasn't going anywhere. A hundred percent. So I wanted to, cause I feel like people learn the best from stories. So I was on your website and you have a lot of uh, like success stories or projects. I know blocks was one of them to watch, I, I guess uh, three questions here. Right. I, and, and then you can answer in whatever order you want, but like, uh, what would you say is your the favorite one that you worked on the most successful and then one that actually like ended up failing? Yeah. So I think one of my f- most favorite one was um, iArcade, which was an arcade machine. Um, really, really cool project. Um, you know, you, you think it's a, it's a, a great project that's going to raise multiple millions straight away, but that's not necessarily the case because it was an arcade machine that enabled you to play licensed old games. So, you know, you can get these arcades that have thousands and thousands of game, every every retro game under the planet, um, but that, that through emulators, right? So this was trying to create a licensed version of that and it didn't even have all the major games. So when I looked at that strategy, I said, okay, good. Okay, this could potentially be a good product. There's a lot of um, problems where people will be like, okay, you know, what you're offering is, a $800 product that I can probably get made for $200 or, you know, I can just download an emulator and who's even interested in all these retro games right now. So the strategy we used for that project was establishing the creator as almost like the spearhead of the campaign. Like he was a very energetic guy. He was very into his retro games. So I literally said to him, look, why don't you every week just go live on Facebook, start playing your games, go through one game, go through another game, start building up the report. We will, as an agency, drive traffic to your landing page. We'll get people signed up. But what we want to actually do is we want to nurture these people to love you. We want these people to become fans of your brand so they shout it from the rooftops because that's what's going to be the key to your brand succeeding. Um, and and he was doing that for three months. Three months, he was every single week consistent with the video, um, talking about the games he was playing through, talking about the, the where development's going. That project ended up raising a uh, million million dollars, um, you know, just just straight away. Like on day one, it, it did crazy amounts um, and went on to be a huge success, just because everyone was nurtured and because people were. Um, aware of him and you know the crazy thing was people were asking him to sign that 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 arcade machines you know this guy was a nobody other than a creator of this business but people were so excited around him that they were asking him to sign the the arcade machines and 
all of these things. So that was one project I was really excited about just because it was so different. And that same model is what we're applying to all our projects um, right now is establishing the actual person as almost like the influencer because there's, there's a massive disconnect between brands right now and actual customers. Like if you think about a brand, you're just, you're buying through one click on Amazon, right? You're, you're not really buying because of a brand. You're buying because of price. You're buying because of ratings or reviews. You're not really buying because of, oh, you know, that that's that's Nike or that's Adidas or, you know, I, and I really love Nike. Unless, unless if you're into trainers and all you collect is Adidas. But for all new products, you're not doing it out of brand loyalty. You're doing it just because of other factors. Um, but the way you can create that connect is if someone feels like, okay, you know what? Tyler knows me. Tyler, you know, Tyler's offering this product and I've been following Tyler's content for a very long time. And I feel like, you know, Tyler listens to me. I can message Tyler and Tyler's going to get back to me. And anytime Tyler now has a product, I'm just going to buy it because I really like Tyler. And that's, that's what's what happening a lot with the influencer space. So, you know, people are buying from people, not because it's the cheapest, not because it's the, the best product. It's just because they're buying from the persona. And that's really key to the future of sales. It's going to be very video orientated. It's going to be people being in front of a camera like like we are and selling that product. And that's why all these platforms like TikTok and YouTube and Amazon is coming out with its own video platform um, to sell products is going to become really big. You know, QVC was the beginning of it. But the, the 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 end is, you know, us just getting on an app and shooting a video about our products. Got it. I actually didn't know that about Amazon. And yeah, I agree. I, I and I think, you know, a lot of this stuff, I don't know. I didn't come up with it. I think Gary V. <laughs> but like it, he's like a personal brand is kind of like online real estate. You know, mm. so it's like and, and I agree, you know, uh, one thing we do, it's just it, it aligns very perfectly with what you're saying is um, and again, Gary V. Uh, he said, document the process instead of creating the process. And that was like a big game changer for me because we do book launches for people. And exactly like you do with crowdfunding mm-hmm. is we'll tell people to like document the process of writing their book and create like a Facebook group and document the whole, the ups and downs of, of the process of writing, publishing. And then by the time they market it, they have hundreds to thousands of people that have literally like been with them along the whole journey. So when you ask them like, Hey, my book came out today, would you mind buying it and leaving a review? You know what I mean? Like it's almost like they're a part of the book Mm. at that point. So, um, and it's all free. I mean, it takes time obviously, but it's free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that, but you know, work really well for books actually. Um, you know, people put, people post their sort of book covers and say, Hey, what book cover, you know? So yeah, that's a really good thing. yeah the book cover vote is, is a marketing tactic. <laughs> it's really, it's, and, and just in all honesty, like some cases, I mean, it could definitely sway, but in some cases the author like already knows the cover, but they're like, Hey, let me throw this up. And then it gets tons of engagement. Like it's, it's really, I don't know. People like to give their opinion, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So I just noticed too, because I was looking at these projects now, as we've been talking like a, because the arcade one, that's like the first one here. Like it seems is most of the stuff that you're doing this for, is it tech related or is that just kind of the ones you're featuring? Uh, it's just the ones that we're featuring. Yeah, we um, okay. our agency sort of, uh, you know, says or we're, we're niched into the product space. So products yeah. is is our real bread and butter. 
um, and tech tech products is a huge part of that. But we've worked with non tech products, um, you know, like bags and things like that. Um, and 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 that's an, another really difficult one to market because you know bag is just a bag. So how do you build up the brand and how do you build up some uniqueness to that? Um, and you know the market is. <laughs> There's a lot of bags out there right now. So you've got to get really innovative with these products. Got it. So what was the, let's go to the uh, failure and then to a success. And you don't want to share the name, but like, and maybe it's obviously not one with your agency, but maybe in the beginning, um, or maybe all of them succeeded. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> no, no the, you know, the, the, with with this, there, there are projects that can fail um, and fruit you know we've we've been in in the business from 2015 and you know straight away when we take on a client we explain them the risks like yes you know you're you're, we're we're a great marketing agency but at the same time you know the product has to be um great um and there's a lot of other things that outside of our control so before we were just doing um the community building we weren't responsible for the live ads or we weren't responsible for the videos. We weren't responsible for the landing pages. We weren't responsible for a lot of different things. Um, and as we've grown, we've become more responsible for the other things because, you know, you've got lots of different variables and that's the most difficult thing about the, the agency we're a part of because what we're doing is we're taking a product from the very beginning, a, a brand new concept or something that doesn't exist. And then we're thinking, okay, what's the messaging going to be? What's the marketing going to be? How can we make this stand out? Um, there's a lot of things that go through um, because we're, we're dealing with the landing page. We're working on the funnels. We're doing emails. We're doing uh, working on the video scripts. We're doing all, all these different types of things, you know. And like, if you just think about all these different elements, like you've got agencies that specialize in each one of these elements, right? Like you've got yeah. funnel builders or you've got email marketing companies or you've got instagram companies or social media companies we're, we're doing all of this right now um just because it's it's you know we want to make sure we're controlling things and we're constantly improving so every single time a project doesn't do well or as well as expected we're looking at it and going why isn't this working so we've actually put in steps um from failures that we've learned of um the, a couple of the main reasons why um products fail um oh here yeah this is this would be good info yeah um is you know obviously the product products number one if the if the product isn't good enough it doesn't have key selling points um number one number two the team uh behind the product is just not you know it's just not there they're not they're not taking their own initiatives they're not doing things on their own um they're not you know they're not uh, you doing things outside of what we're doing. They're just giving it to us and going, okay, you know what? Um, I'm going to go back to doing whatever I need to do rather than being like, okay, look, um, you know, because they're, they're the people that know about the product the most. We can try and learn about the product as much as we can, but we're not going to have the insight that they have. Um, and that that's really key. You know, early on, there was a project that literally we were like, okay, we're launching on the state. We built up a campaign we told them, okay, this is what's going to happen. They didn't even turn up for the launch. And they were the ones that had to click um, the launch button on the project because they had the access. So that was one campaign that... Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So we told them, okay, put your funding goal as, um, you know, 40,000. They ended up putting their funding goal at 
150,000 were like, okay, now, like, I don't know why you did that. Like, it, it there was a huge communication mis mishap with that one. And then, you know, on the launch day, they didn't turn up. And then the, the project raised 60,000, but because we didn't hit 150,000, we had to cancel it. So, oh, yeah. How those platforms work right yeah yeah kickstart kickstart is all or nothing so if you raise money um and you you've set a different goal then it's it's not gonna work um so that that was that was a project that unfortunately didn't work um but now we've got a whole system in place that that helps to try and avoid that so we run a one-month validation process where we set everything up we test out according to the audiences we have because since 2015 we've got a huge amount of database of um, projects that have raised money. So, you know, we use this data to actually see whether these products that are coming to us will work and if they're hitting the same metrics. So key metrics for people in the audiences to think about is the cost per acquisition. If you're getting a $1 to $2 uh, a lead, then that's a good, good number. Um, especially if your product is $99, you know, um, so you're going to get probably a likely a 5% conversion rate, if not 10% conversion rate. One of the recent projects we did, which was Everplay, got a massive, it got 10% conversion rate. It did half a million on, on day one, um, just because we put it through that process of uh, the video and putting people through the Facebook group and things like that. Uh, another thing we do in the validation process is ask people to place deposits. So, you know, if, if I'm launching a brand new product, I would tell them on the thank you page, thank you for signing up. Um, why not place a $7 or $1 deposit? And we we were the ones that first did that in 2015. And, and you know, someone that signs up is not a good, they may sign up, but they're not going to end up buying. But someone that ends up placing a deposit is more likely to buy it. They're more interested in it. Um, and you know that that's a way to judge the quality of that lead as well. That's a good idea. So, and just curious, like, was it the what, if they did a deposit, would you then give them like a discount later or something? Was there some incentive yeah. there? So, so they'd get a further discount. So, for example, if a, if I'm selling a mobile phone, I'll say you know it's um, usually two hundred bucks, but I'm offering it at ninety nine. I'm um, sign up, so the person would sign up first. And then on the thank you page, you'll be like, okay, why not lock in another further 10% or 15% off? Um, all you got to do smart. is place a $1 or $7 deposit. Yeah, I like that. That's really good stuff. That's the one thing with uh, like marketing that I've always loved. It's like the creativity around it. It's just mm -hmm. limitless. And then, you know, obviously I came across ClickFunnels probably mm -hmm. was around 2014, 15 or something. I can't remember. But um you know, it's just interesting, like how many different things you can do, upsell, downsell, yeah. that, you know, that thing that you just said, like it's, it's, it honestly is like an art. Um, it, it really is. So. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of things that you can do and a lot of the industry tends to overkill things as well. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's what we've seen. Like it's, you know, like right now I'm talking about it in this podcast, someone will listen to this podcast and think, oh, you know, I'm going to set this up for my own campaign now. But that that's, it doesn't work like that because you can add a deposit level to your product, but there's a lot of other variables to consider. Like, you know, are you building a long-term brand? Um, are you, is your product less than $50? Is your product more than $50? You know, there's lots of different strategies. And I think that's the most difficult thing for people as marketers, especially for my agency, 
you know, we've got to constantly be updating ourselves on everything, you know, email marketing, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all these things constantly change. And it's very difficult to stay on top of every single detail um, to make sure you're delivering the best strategy because, you know, Facebook could make a change like they've done. And then it takes a while for you to figure out, okay, what is the new strategy I can create around this? Um, and there's always so much going on. So it's very difficult as an agency owner. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people out there, you know, they, they don't fully understand the benefit of an agency. It's like building a house. You're not going to, you could probably look on YouTube on how to build a house, but whether that house is going to be built cost effectively, or it's going to not drop down on your head is another question, right? Yeah, no, no, I agree. And I, and actually my, my story full circle was I attempted to build all these complex funnels <laughs> and then it got too complex and I just gave up on it. <laughs> and then I, I built my business just through partnerships. Like, uh, and that's a whole nother thing for a different show, but um, yeah. I just simplified everything because I just really the amount of variables. And I think it's so key that we emphasize that um, even just with a Facebook ad, the amount of testing, um, you know, if an ad's not working, you know, you want to change like one variable at a time. And most people, what they do is they just trash the ad. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, maybe the image is great, but the copy's bad or vice versa. Um, and I don't know, there's just so there's a limitless amount of tests you can do to really find the, the right answer there. But yeah, uh, exactly. So uh, really uh, second to last question I want to ask you is more so on like the personal side, like, do you have any like rituals and then like, what's that uh, like, like how, how many hours a week are you working? What do you do in your free time? If you have free time, what's, what's that situation look like for you? Yeah, I, I think, I think I go through uh, waves of productivity. You know, some days I'm super productive, other days I'm really tired or I, you know, I just can't be asked. <laughs> I, but, but I've gotten to that point where I can afford to do that. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm constantly motivated because I want to make sure I'm leaving a long lasting legacy of mine as well as Im impacting other people's lives. So, you know, that that sort of goal keeps me going um, and I want to be the best, you know, at what I'm doing. I think every entrepreneur wants to be uh, someone that's the best at what they're doing and become well known for that. Um, in terms of rituals, uh, things that I've done or I've kept to are cold showers every morning um that that seems oh. to really work out no. um something that i've recently got into is tony robbins's morning um ritual i think that's really powerful um i've tried um doing various bits and bobs you know where you can do gratitude med meditation but the the tony robbins one is free on youtube is really powerful because it, it tells you you know okay what are a couple of things that you're really grateful for um, and it makes you think, and then it goes, okay. And then I combined it with one of his um, mastermind classes that I did um, through online. And then the one that was really powerful was like, um, you know, they were playing some music and they were like, okay, act like you've just achieved everything in the world that you wanted to achieve and visualize that and go absolutely nuts. And that is one thing that I combine with that Tony Robbins daily ritual um, YouTube video. So after I go through that, we, that video is mostly about gratitude. After that, I'm literally just closing my eyes. I'm playing my favorite song and I'm acting like I have got, you know, I've got all these massive awards from ClickFunnels. I'm, 
up on stage doing a TEDx talk. I'm doing, um, you know, my charity work and, and the happiness that my family feels at my success, being able to take my family to all these great places um, and just go absolutely ham, like, you know, just going absolutely nuts where you're dancing and you're singing and your eyes are just closed and you've got that visual. And, and that's really powerful. Um, I think, you know, I've tried lots of different things and, and these two things are really powerful. That is awesome, man. And I actually, I went to college in South Carolina. I haven't heard uh, ham in a while. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that was, uh, I, I missed that, man, the South. Um, so, okay, uh, last question is, um, like, where can people stay in touch with you? So, like, socials, your website, and anything else that we didn't uh, mention? Oh, yeah, and actually, right before you say that, because I meant to ask you this, and then we started talking about other things, your brother – did he end up being okay? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. yeah, he, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. I actually, I literally meant to ask that, and then we drifted somewhere else. But um, so yeah, if there's anything else that we didn't cover that you want to share, please do. And then where can people stay in touch? Yeah, if if anyone wants help launching any of their products or they, they just want to talk about it, um, feel free to reach out to me. Um, my website is Samet uh, well SametPatel.net. Um, my agency website is jupio.com. Um, there's there's a couple of really good giveaways on both websites. Um, I've got a, a massive PDF that literally has a bunch of growth hacks that you can do to literally gain business for your, your company. Um, it's got lots of different things that, you know, tactics that you could literally go through and it'll definitely increase business for you. Um, so that's definitely one that's worth checking out. Just go on to jupio.com and it's, um, there on the website as a free giveaway and highly recommend that. Um, and the other thing is just follow me on all the socials. Like I'm putting out daily content on Instagram. Um, I'm on TikTok. I'm on YouTube. I'm on all these things. Um, but if you want to, if you want to get to know me a bit more, start following me on Instagram. Um, I'm following um, literally trends that I see um, ways to make money. I'm posting about cool tools as well um and really breaking down complex topics like what are nfts and how to get involved in them or you know all, all these other things as well so yeah definitely feel free to follow me and if you've got any issues just dm me as well i'm, I'm always getting back to my dms um myself and, and what is your instagram handle i may have missed it i am samit patel okay got it perfect that that's that's basically i am sam patel on all socials got it okay well, thank you, man. That was an awesome interview. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, Tyler. And uh, thanks. Yeah.